Hello and welcome back to GTV Podcasts. My name is Sam Kaufman, again joining Oli Annisfeld to discuss whether Judaism and general Jewish observance in 2021 is too hard to keep and why that is. We're going to speak about the role of emphasis in Jewish thought, how different sects within Judaism would agree upon the fundamentals 100%, but it's the way they prioritise the different aspects that's what distinguishes them from one another. Oli speaks about pachad, fear, and how he believes it's the source of unhealthy stringencies that lack deeper meaning and can potentially cause misery. The alternative, however, is to build up one's relationship with Judaism and their general Jewish observance with genuine and meaningful actions that only serve to strengthen our relationship with the Creator. I remember when we first, I did the very first JTV um, shoot, film shoot, and I decided for some reason I wanted to have like a small audience in the in our little studio. I'd, I'd scrap that idea pretty Your quickly afterwards. Yeah, 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 and I was absolutely mm-hmm. it's, it's the same like bricking it, <laughs> like, you know, like it was just so because uh, you've got not only do you have an audience, but you, so you can't even like say, oh, right, let's t- let's take a you know, let's go again. Well, you, mm. I mean, I could do that, but I'm in front of everyone else, and it's a bit bad. And I was just completely bright red and just, um, you know, I, my brain, can, I couldn't think properly. I couldn't process thoughts properly because I was just so uh, stressed. So for the first one, which was last week, you did a fantastic job, oh, especially in comparison to me. I mean, if you look at the very first JT videos, I was what, hardly... What was your first JTV video? It was, I was interviewing... Well, I really just was like getting on different rabbis and speakers and... Mm. Uh, um we had a holocaust of wow. and and i didn't really ask them i just said just give a talk you know and i just sat there and i was like what? <laughs> you know, what's my what's the point of me being it and slowly i realized i was like okay i've got to actually have a conversation and people are like oh you need to talk to them more <laughs> they don't just let them speak and go off on a monologue and uh i say the same to you now don't just let yeah, me no, speak I'm, now I'm, thinking should... it, yeah. <laughs> I'm not too scared to cut you off good good yeah it's, it's a a little different than bringing a profound or speaker or big or Holocaust survivor. I hear that. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Um, I've, I've lost my train of thought. It's the other issue. That's all right. That's so what I've, happened to me. <laughs> I was thinking about this week, just in the general area of topic that we should talk the target that we're going to roughly aim at, about the idea of emphasis in Yiddishkeit, in Judaism, in Jewish practice. Because if you think about it in the school of Orthodox Judaism, if we're going to put that bracket in, there are lots of different sects, different types. There's Haredim, Hasidim, Chabad, um, Mizrahi, Sioni, Mosinus, Litvish, Sephardi, Ashkenazi, a lot of different groups within them. Mm-hmm. But, prim- I mean, primarily, they all agree upon the fundamentals. Conservative, reform, secular. Well, this is the territory I wasn't going to go into, but in, in the bracket, the square bracket of Orthodox, they could all be linked by the, um, the, the fundamentals. That they, they will kind of argue or differ on smaller parts, more the emphasis of different parts in Judaism, but the fundamentals of Torah and Hashem are all agreed upon. I think the 13 Ikarim, the 13 fundamental principles uh, put out by the Rambam, which you can find in the back of your Siddur, they are the core points I think that I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident that every, all groups in Orthodox Judaism agree upon. It's great. It also means that there can be a level of achdus, of unity amongst the communities. Like, at the start of lockdown, uh, I live in a, a cul-de-sac street, a closed-off street, but it's almost all Jewish families. And at the start of lockdown, all the shuls, all the synagogues were closed. So they created on the street a makeshift street uh, minion. 
And someone even got uh, some builders to build them a wooden uh, stender, a wooden sort of stage at the front. And they had like a little corrugated plastic roof, so you could uh, read the Torah there on Shabbat about the rain getting on it. Someone brought their Torah back from their, their synagogue, from their shul. And I thought it was quite remarkable, because on my street, whilst they're all Orthodox Jews, they, are, they wear different hats, literally as well. You've got your strimals, your big round hats, you've got your black hats, me, the no hats, colourful shirts, non-colourful shirts. People want to dove on at different times of the day, it was more important to them. Different styles of prayer, different, kind of, different selections of words. But because of the situation, we just, we, it made more sense for us, we didn't have that many numbers, that great, weren't that great a number, that we all kind of teamed up together. And I remember quite well, at the end, last summer, really, when synagogues were reopening, someone made a kiddush, a big sort of food outdoor in their front garden celebration, to celebrate the minion, celebrate the, what the street had achieved. And he spoke about the unity, how sort of at the start, people who'd only ever pray in their synagogues, with their type of people, with their style, were very willing to come together and create something brand new in that street. And it was quite a, a nice thing to see, to see everyone includes and welcome and feel part of it. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because whilst we had different sort of styles and we had different words in the different parts of their prayer services, the core of their tefillah, their prayer was the same, and the purpose of their tefillah was all the same, and the person we're praying to, the person, the, what we're praying towards and what we're praying for was all the same. So it was, it was a great sign of unity. And we all got on very well. It, it, we have occasionally funny conversations I have with my neighbours every now and again. And occasionally, I've learned this, I, I, I can't talk to their kids. Because I will use words like what's up and hey, and these aren't the words they use in their schools and their social circles. What do they use? I don't know. I, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. They speak a lot more Yiddish than I do. But like, honestly, in most, I, I find it hard to talk to their children because I don't really know their... their I, I use words that they just that, that throw them off. The adults are better, of course. But like, it's... that. But we all get on very well. It's very, very sweet. And we're now a tighter-knit community. But... Think about it. Look, I mean, the fact that the unity exists is wonderful. But there's also something to be said about the things that we have, which aren't, we don't have in common. The, the different emphasis that we have in our different communities. The different styles of life, of, of lifestyle. For example, my family are a family of uh, full-time workers. People who work hard and then they are um, also religious at home. A lot of their families, they, they, will either, they won't be so involved in the working world. When they are involved, they'll be in very well in a very insulated sense. They'll kind of run property business within their family. I'll do a few hours a day, but spend most of their day dedicated to, to learning and to teaching. And it's a different, different style of life and different emphasis. And I think that all, there's a lot to be learned from all of them. And people can, they can grow, grow up in a sort of a one group. Their family can be of that group, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, and therefore that's, that's their path they follow. Other people come into religious life later in life. And so they um, get a bit more free will or free, free range in a way to decide what's the kind of path they want to follow. Especially people who, um, there are certain minhagim, which are sort of customs, but can affect the laws a little bit between different traditions. Uh, a good example is Ashkenazim and Sephardim, more Eastern European and um, sort of Egyptian, Moroccan, Spain, foreign Jews, where they have different, on Pesach, on Passover, some can eat rice, and some consider uh, a, a sort of a, an extra prohibition within the prohibition against eating bread-type foods. So some can eat rice, some can't. They have different sort of traditions, different customs, and that's where you get a more stronger division. But uh, so p- people who kind of grow into it later, they, can get, they get a bit more free range, a bit more choice. They can kind of choose their own customs, or they marry into their own customs. But they get a unique outsider perspective, which I'm going to bring you into this. I, I feel that you have more of that perspective than I do. 
I think that, um, in a small sense from where I live, the fact that I, I grew up around these sort of people meant that I always saw Judaism in a very, in, in, in a very similar vein. To me, growing up, Judaism was the guys with the long black coats and the white shirts and the big hats and were constantly going to synagogue and constantly walking around with their Jewish books and constantly doing X, Y, Z. That's why I, I envisioned religious Judaism to be. Now, you live in an area where there are, happens to be a lot of Jews. So walking here, there were a lot of um, mezuzot outside a lot of the doors. But I also know that the general community is less religious. And uh, I teach a lot of their kids, and I, I, I kind of get the impression, especially the snacks they bring in, is a bit of a, it's a hot, it's a hot topic. <laughs> I'm, it's a thing I get very scared when I teach about certain concepts. With young kids, I think it works fine. Where I say things like, on Shabbat, you can't drive, which is an issue if they do drive. Because you're kind of telling them what your parents do is wrong. It's a bit of a... In, in, the, in the vein of a classroom, with, um, when I'm, and they're younger, it's easier. When they're like, you know, teenagers or adults, it becomes a bit more... You have to be very sensitive about how you speak about things. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a style to it. Um, so I think, yeah, from an outside point of view, one can sort of have a greater access whilst, whilst you're inside the bubble. Sometimes you can lose track of why your group has emphasised one thing more than another thing. Mm-hmm. And you can lose track of really the purpose of why it came to be. Because all these different customs and traditions and clothing choices have origins. Mm-hmm. And powerful origins, and they and they can be something that you can tap into and gain a lot from. But if they just become the thing that you do because your dad did it, his dad before him, and his dad before him, it becomes just stuff, mm-hmm. and it's both a missed opportunity, but also just a, a shame. Also, it becomes an extra burden at times. So the general topic I want to sort of speak about today and open up to you is. Areas in, in, in Judaism from different sects that we can sort of, we can learn from things in, more, in the 21st century Jewish, Yiddishkeit Judaism that we feel that are less appreciated or less emphasised and should be emphasised more. Um, or, and those, those sort of things and things we can learn from taking into our own Yiddishkeit. Mm-hmm. Those, those sort of ideas. And also things that you think maybe emphasise too much and you get the impression that the effects or the rationale behind their emphasis is being lost on people. Which is a great chaval, a great shame. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is that I've been on a bit of a journey myself because, as you say, I did not grow up in a quote-unquote religious Jewish uh, the community bubble. in the bubble. The yeah. bubble. I grew outside the bubble. Mm. Um, you know, went to a non-Jewish school and very comfortable being talking to people of all different backgrounds, not even the same religion or no faith, no religion, and. Um, it does, outside of perspective, pr- allows for certain objectivity on certain matters. And I've come to the conclusion that these terms and these labels, including even orthodox, are bad. Yeah. I they are that. They are unhelpful. So to say, you know, let's talk about unity just within the orthodox community, people that have certain... Uh, you know, theological pr- uh, principles that have been codified by the Rambam. Interesting that it was the Rambam that made these sort of made this codification of theological principles. We did. Why didn't we have that beforehand? Why don't we have a theological? Uh, and I think part of the reason is mm. because <laughs> these questions of orthodox and orthodox. We are a nation. We are all Jews. Okay. 
and it's there's no orthodox north as i understand okay people buy into certain principles not certain principles but as a matter of fact whether or not people accept accept it or not as a matter of fact you and i know that we the jewish people are hashems and hashem gives himself to the jewish people we all are we we are one mm. we are together as one and so whether or not you know you you want to embrace that or not it, it, we are we are completely uh you know we, we are all part of us the same family and there's, there's a, a, a rabbi manus friedman who as you know i'm a big fan of <laughs> yeah. said sh- mentioned that, that he was once in the in an airport i think and he got a um saw a pillow which said uh, i'm smiling because you're he wants to get a, a gift for his sister and it said on the one hand i'm smiling because you're my sister and on the other hand, it says, and I'm laughing because there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and that's how we should be with our with every single Jewish brother and sister. You know, I'm smiling, you know, smiling because you're my you're my brother, you're my sister. And I'm laughing because there's nothing you can do about it. We are all meant to, we are all part of the same one family. And there's that is just the reality, whether we like each other or not. We are part of one family and we are God's firstborn. And we need to, we also need to delve into what that means by God's firstborn, because that means that all of humanity are God's children. We just have a role in spreading God's, uh, you Light. know, God Himself, yeah, to all of humanity. And and part of these labels and factions, they create these um, these tent these uh, fences um, that not only separate them from other Jews, but separate them also from even more so from from non-Jews, and they build up great fences. And, um, you know, to me, it just never makes, does not make sense that God, so God creates 8 billion people or 7 billion, how many, are, but, but only a, a, a tiny fraction of them he, he wants a relationship with and he wants to give them eternity. That, that sounds like a quite a, a fascistic kind of God, God to me that's just very, or sadistic, you know, <laughs> that just can't be, that can't be. And we know that God wanted Pharaoh to do Teshuvah. He wants Nineveh to do Teshuvah. We know he cares about humanity and it's not, and it, when he talks about God as the, the Jewish people as his firstborn, that means we're, everyone else is still God's child. So just getting back to the Jewish people for a second, um, as I say, these divisions, you know, are, I think are unhelpful because the second that you make it just about we're part, we're, 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 we are family and we are, you know, Chabad actually do it very well. Um, and there, there's a, a story I heard of um, a girl that comes back from a, a sem and she, you know, wants to have a more, more of a, a kosher home. And her mother calls up the rabbi and says, did you do this to her? Why did you make her so uh, uh, fanatical? And he said, you know, imagine you have, um, let's say, a, 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 a Christian Westerner that goes to India and comes back, you know, with like the red dot and becomes Indian. Let's say the, the mother would say, who, who, who did this to you? You know, and that they might have a, a fair... Uh, like cultural um, appropriation. Sorry? Sounds like cultural appropriation. Well, maybe they had a change of heart or whatever, mm. a change of identity. The, the, the mother would say, would have more of a, of a um, you know, a, a, a claim, a question. But um, if an Indian, you know, uh, uh, someone of Indian descent, an Hindu, Hindu, a Hindu family, and the guy comes back without a red dot, I say, well, where's your red dot, you know? So 
if so, so if if a Jewish if a, a, this girl comes back to her mum and says, you know, I'm I'm gonna keep kosher, and she's suddenly, well, who did this to you? You did this to her. <laughs> you you gave birth to a Jewish girl, and this is what we Jews do. And these and and seeing mitzvot through the prism of now this go this touches on deeper issues in terms of do you see mitzvot as transactional or as a way of getting into heaven that's part of the problem with religion religion is judaism was never a religion religion mm. is how can i get my ticket to heaven um whereas um torah and judaism is about serving god it's about just having a relationship with god um and, and living that out and you know there's it's not about thinking about reward and, and punishment and because that's that's not a relationship that's just a transactional business kind of arrangement i'm just going to do this so i get a nice spot in heaven that's not and um i think that's i think that culture actually pervades a lot of the religious uh world and thinking and that's why you end up seeing the world quite literally in in, in black and white terms um, and uh, in very kind of, uh, you build up endless and endless fences because you've got to protect your eternity. You've got to protect your, you know, you, and I understand the need for some level of, of, of caution from the wider world, but, um, and, and putting up cer certain fences, I totally get that. Um, but the question is, are you able to face the world, the world that God created with an open heart and, and, and an open, you know, an, an open embrace of your, fellow Jew and fellow man and you can only do that if um, you don't uh, uh, you know you don't see it as like are you religious or not religious it's like you're my brother that's yeah. it there's, there's no and like again you often see this uh, with um, uh, Chabad types where they will put on tefillin you know to to uh, quote-unquote secular people even these terms are so you know and and uh a secular person might say i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna want to film i'm not religious and they just they don't care they'll just they'll just start putting it on your arm they're like it's not stop religious or not religious you're, you're a jew you a jews put on to fill in you know why because that's what god wants us to do why does he want us to do i don't know he's a bit weird he likes these things you know <laughs> like that's it and so um <laughs> So, interesting take. Yeah, no, but 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 no, that's it. Overall, it's basically yeah. like when you're in a in your, when you're in a marriage with mm -hmm. with with someone, they have weird requests and weird things, and you can understand something they want and don't understand other things. But you do it because you're theirs and they're yours, and that's it. You just totally embrace one another. And so, I don't think God likes us putting these labels up and these barriers up because he he, we are all his people. We're all, and, he, and he says to us at Mount Sinai, he says, I. I I'm a jealous God and I'm your God. And, I and he says that to all Jews. He doesn't say it to some. And, 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 and there's no way in my view that, that God um, wants us to be creating these barriers between cert certain Jews. And, um, and I think one of the ways you see that this, this is an indicator that, that things aren't right is a lot of people, they go, they go to these, um, you know, a Sem or Yeshiva, whatever, and they lose their, they lose their, their, their life, their sense of humor, their, their, and, and their personal identity. Their personal identity, yeah. And it's all, in my view, it's all based on 
a, a fear-driven approach. It's a, it's a religion approach of I've got to do all this. Why? Because I've got to get my way to heaven and also because I've got to, this has been my way of maybe getting God to like me a bit. So maybe he just might give me what mm. I want in my life. And it's all transactional. And it's totally, uh, it, it's, it's not Jewish. It's not Jewish. And it's, it's, it's a corruption of Judaism that's come from other religions and probably just predominantly Christianity. Um, which is all about being saved by God and 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 uh, what can God do for us and and doing the thing believing in something or x or doing x and y so that I get my spot in heaven. Um, but actually, it turns out that if you study Torah carefully and study our forefathers, study the story of the Exodus, it's entirely outward facing. It's entire, Judaism is about embracing the world and embracing humanity. I mean, I'll give a, f a few examples. The first example is Abraham himself. You know, he was just... He was a missionary. We were, um, yeah, I mean, he in, was in, just... In a sense of the word, yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't a missionary to tell people how to be saved no, he it, was a missionary. It wasn't about what to do. It was about he there is Hashem. Yeah, he was saying this is. I'm in love. He was like, I'm in love with God, and I want to, and I want to, I want to share that that with others. And, and if let you them... will go for who's God, they had to explain monotheism. Well, not monotheism, because people there were some people that believed in in one God, but sure. a God that cares about humanity and, and wants a relationship with humanity. Yeah. Um, and actually needs a relationship with humanity because before he created the world, he was in solitude on his own and, and it's so um really i think these terms of religious by the way religious and non-religious we should drop they, they cause more damage than because we, yeah and also it's yeah. religion is about transactional about being saved we should just call it about being decent yeah god needs me and how, how, how can i turn him down i mean there is there's a distinction between things that differ people Mm. where two people can be great friends and have their own unique quirks mm. and they bring their own things in, into a marriage they can bring their own things into the marriage mm -hmm. and that could be a partnership that can work together mm -hmm. we don't have to be identical robotic absolutely not there's nothing wrong with the fact that different families and different groups are wrong word, but groups of Jews have stronger evidence and different, and different traditions the question is when it becomes a case where it becomes a barrier well I will stay with my crowd because we do X yeah and because we are right. And you guys think we're your crowd because yeah. you're Y and you do wrong. Yeah. But it's that level. When you're putting in that barrier, that's where it becomes more problematic as you're touching into. Yeah. But there is the, the, the wonderful side, which is that if we were all just plain and boring and the same, then life would be a lot more boring. There are amazing things that we can learn from other cultures and gain from other cultures, Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and non-religious, all, all these different yeah. words. Uh, and that can be I think I think marriage is probably saying, I am me and I'm giving myself over to you. Mm. But you have to work it's not together. Losing, it's, it's not, not losing. losing. You don't yeah, lose it's yourself. not losing right. yourself. It's just it's just sharing of yourself yeah. with another and letting another share himself with you. Yeah. And um, that's intimacy. That's creating that space of shared experience, shared life. Um, but just going back to a few instances of the Torah. So Abraham, mm. of course, totally out the by the world. Um, and then you go to the story of um, of Joseph. Okay. And what was the quarrel between Joseph? Joseph is known as really the, f the fourth forefather. Um, and he's one of the Ushpizin, you know, the sure. seven yeah, yeah. Uh, that come to greet us at, uh, on Sukkot. And um, he is considered in many ways a fourth, the fourth Avot. Um, 
And what was the quarrel between Joseph and, and the brothers? The brothers were basically saying we need to be uh, somewhat inward, protective, and not, not be too out of face into the world. And Joseph had all these dreams of he was going to beautify himself so that he could you know, engage in the physical world and, and, and uh, be, be create, create um, a um, kind of an attraction and a charm to, to godliness that would be very outward facing and that would that would draw lots of people in and, and, and it would come with all kinds of risk and you know all the things that are, happen when you when tests that can come from going out into the wider world but that was his approach and the brother said you think that's the right approach let's see how it works let's send so send you down to egypt and see how you know which is the 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 sort of most depraved um uh ungodly physical uh, uh Sort of society that, that mm. existed at the time. They said, "Let's see how you survive. Let's see if your your approach to Torah and Judaism really works." And what happens? Joseph flourishes because he's secure in his relationship with God, and so he's just an overflowing of that 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 love for God. And 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 wherever he goes, people respond. In Egypt, he rises to the top wherever he goes. And then in the end, he becomes, God rises him all the way to Viceroy. You know, we, to compare that to the approach of, no, we just got to be closed off. Mm. We just got to be shut. He becomes Viceroy of the greatest civilization of the time. Basically, the second most powerful person in the entire world. And um, at that time. Politically, yeah. And he is seen as, 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 as the hero. And the brothers are, have to get, gain forgiveness from him. Because they bullied him. They thought he was a narcissist. They thought he was... Just, you know, just a, a crazy dreamer that was just problematic. You know, yeah, exactly. Not interesting, God. And they, they, yeah. they said no. They real. So, so that. I mean, come on. That's like story number one. Another example. Why okay. do we call Passover? Passover. Why do we call it Pesach? Um, and well, the reason I was told at school was just because God passed over the houses that sort of, of the Jews. Yeah. That okay, like. Is that imagine we're in a committee and we have to decide right, what are we going to call past what are we going to call this holiday that celebrates our freedom from exodus from the from the from the sorry from the um slavery of egypt but also yeah the word passover yeah you to, in hebrew to go over something mm -hmm. could be like over mm -hmm. but the hebrew word for pesach is pesach yeah which is the name that we give to the korban the sacrifice of the lamb that we had to the end of the story yeah yeah there's a link to that event but it's all the yeah. English Hebrew word don't seem to perfectly line up. Yeah, so it, absolutely. And there's many things to say about that. Mm. But um, one thing I would say is that we, I mean, we did a video on this on JTV uh, a few years ago about why is it called Passover. And what was good? So, so God tells Moses to tell Pharaoh, Israel, the Jewish people are my firstborn and I want them to be to be freed so they you know they can worship me and the tenth of the ten plagues was the death of the firstborn so the Jewish people are God's firstborn and firstborn child um, and the tenth plague was the Egyptian firstborns being uh, killed so what what was going on with all of that um, what was happening was, what, what is the role of a firstborn child? So the firstborn, by the way, in the Torah, especially with the, um, our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the firstborn isn't always the one that's born first. 
The firstborn is a title or a role given to the child that will best transmit the values of the parents down to the children, to the next generation. So, um, well, the first child that Avram has is with Hagar. Ishmael, exactly, Ishmael. but Yitzchak is becomes the is 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 his uh, firstborn is ja- the inheritor. Yaakov is the younger of the twins. Exactly, Jacob. but he becomes the firstborn. He does buy it off. He gets by exactly the classic lentil soup trade agreement. Yeah, Joseph also he was not born first. He was not um, so it's really about a role of transmitting the values of the parents down to the children, and basically on Passover, we accepted God's mission we accepted God's designation of us to be his firstborn child, meaning that we were going on that night when we sacrificed the Passover lamb, mm-hmm. which by the way represented in Egypt, I think it represented firstness and was... Um, the animal was seen as a very holy, and holy godly animal. And, yeah, exactly. And it was basically, yeah. Small, small case, true. Exactly. And we were, it was, I think it was basically saying, no, the Egyptians, they're not going to be first or firstborn mm. we will be god's firstborn what does that mean it means that we will transmit the values of our father in heaven down to all of god's children here on earth and that was our mission oh. so that is what we accepted at on, on passover and that's what we what was being achieved through the sacrifice of the passover lamb and god therefore passed over our houses because we, we accepted this mission by the way, not all Jews, world, not all Jews did. Yeah. Oh, and that's also a nice thing. Passover to I don't know. I haven't thought yeah, about that before. But but the point is mm. um, that in that perspective, Judaism is incredibly outward looking. It's absolutely so. We you know that you know I've heard people in religious circles sort of saying you know God has no you know real interest or connection to non Jews, and that's like you're literally missing the whole point of what it means to be a Jew. It's very uncomfortable, I feel, when, um, when I hear conversations. I don't want to, you know, pile on against our brothers, but it's a conversation where they, they speak about people not themselves with a sort of, um, not disdain, but the, they, they value them differently. Yeah. And it's quite... But also, those same people, for the most part, given the nature of a more insulated community, happen to know less than Jews. Like you and I, we had we had non-Jewish friends at school, and they were our friends first. And also, so don't bl- I mean, given our history, you know, I, 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 I think it's important also never to um, if people have school yeah, perspectives. There's, there's a strong rationale behind it, and there's a, there's a gain also to being a level. Well, it's not just a rationale that, it's, that goes too far. A, yeah, but it's not just a rationale. It's just so much of what we think or believe is actually just learned. It's taught to us. Sure. And so sometimes we can be victims of pre conceived notions or or taught notions um so you know it's like but 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 it can't but this this view of the world that that the vast majority of human beings are you know rejected by god or god has no interest in them it cannot produce a healthy human being it cannot um it's will create a, a, a human being that is governed by fear of the wider world rejection of the wider world rejection of the world um, and a lack of love for fellow human man instead of... And again, I understand, especially given our history, and look how... Here's, look what happened to us just recently. But this is not the Jewish way. The Jewish way is... But do you mean that's easier for us to say, you and I, because in our years on this planet, we've had a very comfortable... Yeah, it is easy for us to say. We're very, people speak about the rise in our but I forget, it, it negates how 
much freedom and joy we have Absolutely. as a in this country. Yeah. Look, whatever politician, whoever's in charge, they always have a, a Downing Street Hanukkah party. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that these things will go on, we can live Jewish lives and be publicly Jewish lives and work alongside our non-Jewish brothers. Yeah, and by the way, amazing. it's true. It's true. If we lived in a different era, perhaps we would have more of a skepticism for the wider world or think this isn't the time, it's just too dangerous. Anyway, but the but point you is... You mean that, that, that's... We... But the point is, right now, mm -hmm. we don't live in that world. Right now, we live in a world where God is saying to us, now is the time for you to live proudly as Jews and... Utilize remarkable this, this freedom influence. that we yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in, in more, our more and tell and tell our incredible story. You know what a remarkable story. Okay. But then we're, we have the question though of why we Judaism is not so interested in, in conversion. We have a, a, a path no. for conversion, but it's not a thing that we outwardly go. I I remember mentioning this in the podcast last week. I mentioned it recently somewhere. But we are interested in in transmitting. Mm. Or values. God's values to all humanity, and we, we, we should don't, be, yeah, we, we should be teaching that. To join the six hundred thirteen club, we're well, not pushing for that at all. Well, in because fact, people, if someone wants to convert, a lot of with the structure nowadays in mom conversion, but it always has been, is to kind of push them away. Well, I so, are you sure? Do you really want to come in? I don't think. Ask again. So, ask again in six so months, I would in say a few months. things. The first thing I would say is, I don't necessarily think. I'm not sure if it's right. The amount of pushing away that's always that always happens. I don't. I don't know. Why, I, I, why so? I, why? Yeah. Why, why do you think it's, it's negative? Because well, because they can never leave. It's, it's the, I, leave. I know. So I'm saying. So I'm saying the pushing should only be doing done so to make sure people genuinely want it. For sure. But if that, but that should be the only uh, only motivation. But if someone genuinely wants it, they genuinely want to be part of Am Yisrael. Great. Oh, you know, like if they are treated like the other. They're not another Jew. They are a converted Exactly. Jew. We're told so and many that, times to love, to love the convert. Meaning yeah. if someone says that... But the, but the point I would say about why we also might, might tell them, you know, are you sure? Because we also believe that every single... The Jewish people have a specific role. But every other nation also has a role and a contribution to the story of the world. And that while, you know, our role is to bring heaven down to earth... Um, the nations of the world, uh, as job is to bring earth towards heaven, um, and so um, we, you know, just as ev just as a car, every single part of a car is needed for it to function. Mm. Every nation is uh, other other than well, a malik has a temporary function. Yeah, but, there's a reason why Hashem made seven billion people, yeah, fourteen million Jews. Absolutely, and so if people want to join. If they're sure about it, great. But 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 the point is, not every single nation, we don't, we don't push it. Every yeah, single yeah. nation and every single human being has a unique contribution that God needs from them. God needs each human being to fulfill a certain function, sure. and so we may be His firstborn. But does a parent not love their all their children? They love all their children. I hope so. They have. A, they're going to have a special uh, status for the for the child. That, that transmits the parents' love to all the other children, which is why God will have a special relationship with the Jewish people. But he has a, a, a desire for connection with every single human being. So it's the, yeah, the, you know, this, this element I just sadly think is missed. And, and I think a lot of it is just driven by fear, fear of... Um, 
was... us losing ourselves and our identity. But there's two sides of it. There's fear of our own personal Jewish values and how it can be affected if we were to overly mingle and get too in, uh, not Westernized, it's, um, it's assim- assimilated. Yeah. That, and I, I, th- there's genuine elements of that which are worthwhile. There's also the other thing that in more recent history, Jewish lives have been at stake. But this, and I, I agree. A lot of these groups, by the very insular groups, they, they formed as a direct result of the Holocaust. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of it was a response to the Holocaust, but... Which is a very powerful motive. True. That, that can't be... True, but... It's also not, not just in terms of the physical persecution, but it's an, a wide understanding of why were we sentenced with such a persecution? And it's a perspective on that. Yeah. That there are things that we had to sort of, that we weren't doing correct and we had to be shaven up. And it's a whole no, 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 thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm That's also... Dipping toes into we, very well, no, delicate but, but topic. We, we, there's no, as far as I'm aware, there's no sin punishable by Holocaust. For sure. But, okay. But... There's, we, we don't know. We, we, there's, we cannot know uh, God's ways and God doesn't want us to know why certain things happen in our history and for sure it, we should never we, it's not our job to say ah he did this because of x or y and certainly not to say therefore he's telling us to reject the world absolutely not that goes against the grain of of of, of every word of torah um that in, in my view um, no, I agree with you. On this. So I, I wasn't going down that line. No, no, no. But, but but people, some people do, mm. um, and we have to be be really careful about that. And I don't think God likes that. Um, uh, and and so the other thing I was going to say was that I think the most important thing is the family, and if 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 you communicate to your children and you set an example of who we are and what our values are. Now go out and be proud to the wider world. You, you know, it just, it, it, you, it's, it's extremely powerful. I think it's the greater form of identity. And frankly, in this generation, we don't like being told what to do. We don't like being constrained. And so it's not even going to work anymore to tell, to put up all these constraints on people. They're just going to reject it. Uh, you know, a lot of them will. It, it does um, happen. Also, because, a lot happens. In yeah, and life. and yeah, absolutely. Everything's shoved under the Central carpet. Rejections. Yeah, things are shoved under the carpet. But mm. they sh- don't. You can't blame people for that because we human beings. You know, you can't. Human beings don't like to live in 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 a suppressive, controlled. Um, you know, the human spirit wants to be wants to feel alive, feel free, and enjoy enjoy the world, explore the world. Well, also, choose its own rules, not have them imposed upon them. It wants autonomy, but then once, yeah. but but we're perfectly happy to be told what we to do if we have the freedom of choice to do it, rather than for it to be it Im- for it to be imposed upon us. Exactly. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, and so people question about you know how influential government is. That mm. it's core. Cool. It, it's supposedly in democracy been chosen by the people. Mm-hmm. They voted in democratically. The people to impose rules upon them. There is there's a circle to it. So right, autonomy is something that that's you know, so you can't humans seek and you can't blame a human for being a human being. Exactly. Um and it 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 make it has to be that what um 
God asks of us should be in tune with the human spirit, in tune with what would make us happy, open, have a happy heart and a, and a full heart and a, one that embraces other human beings. And that's what our forefathers were and that's what Torah is meant to do. And if it's not doing that, we're doing something wrong. We're misunderstanding, we're misinterpreting it. Um, and if we, as in, if we don't live in a unified world, what does that mean? No, no. If we, if we, if we, if we More are unified. trembling, if we're governed by, by fear, if, our, if we're we just put fenced up, we've lost our life and our mm. vigor and our sense of, um, you know, um, you know, you know, it talks about uh, there are two levels of fear in in Judaism. Mm-hmm. It's called Yeras. Um, it year, year, it's year of a fear. He was losing me. But there's the fear in terms of like of, of punishment. There's yira and pachad. Yeah, and there's, there's the uh, a fear that comes out of love. Yeah. This idea is spoken a lot about teshuva, repentance, especially in the, in the New Jewish year when we have Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, when we're dealing with the real themes of repentance and self-evaluation. And if someone wants to repent and sort of try and atone and, and do better from their sins because they're fearful of the punishment that they might get for it, they're fearful of angering Hashem, mm-hmm. And that's a level. If you look in a point system, you're going from your minus point, minus one point transgressions, go to a zero. Mm-hmm. Kind of you, you've leveled it. But if one is trying to do teshuva, trying to repent because they're 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 teshuva, it's teshuva and teshuva year as it. Mm-hmm. Repentance out of love. Mm-hmm. They want to do it out of love because they want they they miss that connection with Hashem. They want to rebuild that connection with Hashem. They want to rebuild their purpose. And they're they whatever is again the, they've, they've they've allowed us to get in the way. They want to remove that because they want to get to the higher goal. Mm-hmm. That's out of love. They're not scared about the punishment. They, they want to be back in a relationship with Hashem. Mm-hmm. Then not only does that, if done correctly, nullify the minus points, completely wipe out the, the, the negative of the sin, but it converts the minus one to a plus one. It converts the, the, the power, the greatness of, of the, the sin, gets mirrored into, uh, into the same greatness, the same power as a mitzvah, as, as, a, as a positive side, I think. Yeah. But it, it's a harder level to achieve. It's, there's nothing wrong with... Maybe to ask, but it's, it's not, not spoken negatively uh, to do it out of fear. It's not a bad level to be at, but it's not the optimum level. So the, the, the Rambam talks about um, repentance to Shuvah, and, and, sa- mm. and he says in his final chapter, I think, on Teshuvah, um, uh, he says that... Um, Pachad, where you do things out of fear of punishment mm. and or desire for reward, that's that's for children. It's yeah. For children, for children. It's how you teach a child. You potty train a child. Yeah. And I, I, by the way, with smarties. And I don't even know if it works with kids anymore. But let's just say well, it does um, work with toilets for a bit. Yeah, but like you know, it's very this like oh, you do is you'll get a mitzvah. You'll get a mitzvah. It's like there's no. That's not a relationship. That's like a. It's like a. Um, what are those machines where you like put Pimble in the coin machines. and yeah, no, you like put in the coin and you push it. yeah, like a gumball machine. Yeah. You'll get a gumball if you if you put the slot if you do that mitzvah. Why are you doing and the so, mitzvah? Not because of the inherent merit of the mitzvah, because mm. you like the sweets. And the moment you remove the sweets, and you have to just no, trust in the mitzvah. No, and it the goes sweet away. is the sweet is still the re- the reward, and that you we shouldn't be doing it for that reason. The rabbi says that's for children. So I'm saying that's, that's, that's how, unless, unless a child ever develops. The example I always think of is a kid who runs across the road. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was like 16, my dad, uh, we saw a kid run across the road and the parent yelled at the kid. And my dad was like, that's when you yell at the child. Mm. I was like, thanks, I'm 16, I don't need to parent. But the thing is, well, if something's so serious, when it's a young kid, they're three, four years old, 
that it does water good to understand that they can't run across roads just out of fear. Yes. They, they, because it's their, their lives in their hands, mm-hmm. right? If, if, if the reason a four-year-old won't run across the road is because of, of fear of being yelled at by their parents, it's a, that's a useful level at that point. Mm-hmm. They're 14, and that's the same reason they won't run across the road. They only won't run across the road because dad might yell at them. They don't care about the cars and the lack of lights, and the danger. And what's gonna happen when dad's not around? They're gonna run across the road because they can get away with it. Yeah. They've missed the point of the lesson. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a weakness of, of any form of education or chinuch or parenting if you leave it at that rudimentary level. So it, what is... It, it's irrelevant, it's a, it's a, there's a value to it, but it's not, if it's left as such, then it, it's really dangerous. And, and, and unfortunately, I believe a lot of the quote-unquote religious world is governed by pachat, fear. You know, because it works. Because I don't think it works. Well, I don't Maybe think it works easier, either. It's easier to do, I guess. I don't think it works either. I think it's Christianity's influence on us. It's um, where you see religion as transactional. It's like a, like the gumball machine, and um, you know, even the words, even the word uh, Haredi yeah. means to tremble. Yeah. Can you, when you get into a car, and you are trembling? Because you're thinking, oh my gosh, I could, I could crash into someone, or a car could crash into me, or well, that, that, that level of realization, which is like, um, I am in a thing that can cause damage. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you that drive the car? Uh, can you operate the car healthily? No, you can, you've got to have. So, can you lead a healthy relationship when you're trembling the whole time? Can you lead a healthy life when you're trembling? Can you work in a job successfully if you're trembling the can whole you do time? The, be- the best JTV video if you're trembling in front of an audience. As I was on the first exactly. thing, not very well at all. Human beings don't operate well when they're trembling, and and so. And you end up becoming stiff. You end up losing your life. You end up becoming, you know, uh, just just. When I say life, I mean you end up losing your li- liveliness um, and your spirit, your lively spirit. Yeah. Um, and so that's pachat. So what is yira, which we're meant to have? Yira Sashem. People say oh, it's fear of God. Mm-mm. Yira comes from the word roe, which means to see God. So it's like it's kind of like. So that's not fear of punishment or anything. That's just like, he's, I just see him, you know, like he's, he's so obviously here in my life. He's sustaining all of existence. Like, how could I, how could I betray him? You know, it's not out of fear of punishment. It's just like, it's not logical. It's not, it's not, it's, it's like, it's not even a question. It's like if I'm, if, if, if I'm my, my one of my parents are mm. sitting next to me, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm like, there's like a bowl of, I don't know, non-kosher jelly beans, like in, fr- in front of me, like, and they're just sitting there, like, and they know they'll, they'll be, they'll be so upset if I, uh, if I, if I eat from the, mm. the non-kosher Haribo or whatever. That's Yira. It's not like I'm worried they're going to punish me. It's just like, come on, like, it would, it would make them so upset, you know, like, they, they, they just. It's they, so obvious to you. Yeah, and it's so obvious, exactly. And then, the, and then, the, but the high level is, why would you even just think about seeing seeing god when like you can be intimate with him and that you'll do the you he's saying don't eat from that haribo non-kosher uh, <laughs> candy because he want he wants a relationship with you and he wants by you following his will you get closer to him and you can be intimate with him how, how could you turn that down and so i think we've just the you know the, the, this is the root i think of a lot of the inwardness and, and problems that I've seen, as you said, from an outsider's perspective, 
um, where where it comes from. Um, it's pachad. It's and that's for children. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm just curious, sort of, and we're just theorizing here of the source of that pachad. I, I think, and it, I said this earlier, like it is, it can be easier, but I don't think it, it's it, it's like a short fix, short term fix. And it works with the four-year-old, because the four-year-old can't fathom the idea of road and cars and danger. Mm. So, I tell you... But it, if the 14-year-old can fathom that, so if you're not telling the 14-year-old that point, yeah, then, you're, then that, that's, incre- that's far more dangerous, ultimately. I personally think the root of Pachad comes mm. from a concept which is actually, I've come to realise... Um, alien to, to judaism but we've internalized it again probably from christianity i don't know but basically saying there's nothing you can do for god and he created the world only for you because he loves you and so this world is just a world for you to gain the best pleasure possible there's nothing you can do for him so therefore if there's nothing i can do for god he's not affected in any way by what i do which is what the majority that's what people think then then um mitzvot can only be seen through the prism of i'm picking up as much uh, brownie points as possible to secure my place in the next world that's religion that's not relationship but if you say actually god needs us and desires a relationship with us which is literally every single page of torah if you read if you if you i think if you <laughs> you know God is full of, of strong emotions in terms of how we act. He says in the first of the Ten Commandments, I'm a jealous, I'm your God, I'm yours, I'm yours. It's like, and, and I'm a jealous God, meaning I want, I want you. I, like, I'm, I'm jealous. I, I want, like, you know, that's not, doesn't sound to me like a God that is uh, content. It sounds like he was not content being alone, the only existence. Yeah, he's perfect. Yeah, he's eternal. Yeah, that, he's all these quite things. human way of looking at things not that like he's he couldn't be content without us that's we understand that idea in human point in human terms that we could feel alone and not content without others why do you think he designed us like that that we see him in, in through the human lens because he, 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 we see all things through the human lens because we haven't got a great perspective otherwise we see animals we see for a, a human lens he just he said the first thing he said is not good it's not good for man to be alone and he said that because for it sure. wasn't good for him to be alone when we say alone, but we don't do, necessarily do mean what that really means. We just know he determined his ex. He determined that his exclusivity in existence, him being the only existence, mm. was um, not good. We can derive yeah, We can derive so, from Hashem's perfection. And so therefore, and that he created us, that it was as a purpose and a need for our existence. Yes, and 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 and, and I, just what thought, I does, find it difficult to compute to it seem. What does if do es Hashem mean? Serving God. How can you serve God if there's nothing you can do for him? Nothing we can do for him. Yeah. So how in, is, again, what, is, in, in, what does if do Hashem mean? How could a servant serve his master? If there's if, nothing if you can do for him. If the master has no needs. Yeah. The answer is he can't. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so therefore, God has a need. But the constant, I mean, the, the, the way that's often, I, I often, it's been explained to me, was it wasn't that, what can you do for God? Nothing. Therefore, everything that Hashem wants you to do, is for you and then it becomes a rat race then it becomes a and it's not it's no longer a relationship it's picking up as many brownie points as possible to secure my place in heaven 
In a simple form, maybe. That's all it is. Because there's nothing else that, you, if you can't do anything for God, frankly, I have to be honest, I'm not interested. If there's nothing I can do, for, there's no relationship then. It's like, it's just, and life becomes miserable. Life actually becomes totally self-focused, where it's just about getting my spot in heaven. Because, but what is the ultimate thing that one can do for himself? Bring out the info is, is to give of yourself to another. Well, I'd say it's the relationship with Hashem to be a sort of yeah. But if there's nothing you can do for Him, there's no relationship. If I tell you, Sam, there's nothing you can do for me. Well, the truth is, so we have to be a bit more careful with our language. The truth is, there's no thing we can give God because He has physical thing for sure. He has well, He has everything. He is He is perfect. He's eternal. He is all these things, but He is all alone. He was all alone before he created us. And so the only thing that we can give him is ourself. We can be, so he's no longer all alone. There's no thing we can give. We can't make him any stronger, any wiser. Our, our existence. Our existence, our, our existence, giving of ourself. And, and, and that's what God says to us. He says, I'm your God. I, I'm giving myself to you. And he wants to be known as the God of Israel. He doesn't want to be known as the God of creator of heaven and earth, the God of the the primal existence i am hashem who yeah, took you out of egypt exactly he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be known as the 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 what the, the greatest the wisest the all-powerful all-knowing not interesting it's like good for you god great <laughs> he wants to be known as it's like you know someone says you know i'm i'm uh i'm her husband like that's it's their greatest pride to say that like I, i'm i'm her husband like i'm i'm all hers you know they identify god, themselves if you ask god yeah. who are you he would say i'm israel's god I'm the God of Israel. We are his greatest joy. And he is our greatest joy. And uh, Is that not a relationship? That is a relationship. That's so, the point. But isn't that also at. from two different lenses? Because from our point of view, we're getting the greatest joy out of Hashem. From Hashem's point of view, our existence is bringing him the greatest joy. So both are gaining from our mutual existence. Correct. But we only, exactly. How is that different to what I'm saying of everything that we do is... I think the wording for us might be the most problematic part of it. Because it, it, it sounds like for us, therefore, without excluding Hashem from it. It's all rooted from, does God have a need? If he has no needs, then it's, there's it's no, that, that, like, there's no relationship. I, find, I don't disagree on it. I just find it difficult to compute, to understand. Yeah, it's because a Because complete... I can relate to what my needs my physical needs, my emotional needs, I can understand what that means. I can understand what another human being needs. I can't fully understand what goes inside your head. I can't fully understand your needs. I can estimate, I can guess. I can be accurate at times and be wrong at times. But that, that's... Yeah, but God tells us In my perspective, needs. so like I've got sort of... Also my own needs, I, I can get it wrong as well. Mm -hmm. And I'll learn from that. So I, I get the human level of needs-ish. Yeah. So more than also, I, I'm struggling to understand the godly needs because I'm struggling on the human level here, but I've got some foot in the door. Well, he tells us what he needs. Okay, as in what the, the mitzvah for the Torah, making yeah, a relationship with Hashem, being real, being the Torah. He says that this is what I need from you. Tell me, Sam, how do we what, understand that? More, what, what do you mean? How do we understand it? In it, terms of how Hashem, I don't, we don't need it. to understand. I get it. how we benefit from. from Why the do we need to understand it? All we know I is know. He, I don't know if all we, we need to know. All I need to know is he needs he needs me. Okay, that will keep me going forever. Tell me because you because that he created you means that you are essential to the world to this world. Yeah, I'm essential to him. Is it Rabbi, is it Rabbi Berger who talks about Rabbi Mati Berger of H Torah? Often would ask uh, new students. He said, "When's your birthday?" 
He's like, Sam, when's the birth? And I, I'd say 11th of June, 1999. And he'd be like, that means on the 11th of June, 1999, Hashem decided that the world can't exist anymore without your existence. And he puts a big arm around your shoulder and you feel very important. But that point, that it, it's true, cool, that the very fact we can logically derive, and the fact that Hashem created us today right here, means that there is a necessity, a purpose, a, a, a need as exists. But could I... We've got a goal to work out what that is. Could I slightly amend that? Please. It's not as much... It's true the world... The God decided the world needed you. Mm. He decided he needed you. Ah. That's the key thing to remember. It's the world... Not to misquote by Rod Motti. He might, he might have also phrased it. Because <laughs> your way makes more sense. Uh, tell me, I, what, I tell me, Sam, what is more appealing to you? If, I, if I'm God and I say to you, Sam, I don't need anything from you, but this will be really good for you, so you keep the Torah. Or I come and tell you, Sam, you know, I really, I want, I really need you. And, I, and if you do this for me, it will make me so happy. What's more appealing? Well, the latter, of course. Because yeah. the latter entails a relationship. It's and by the way, it's, it's no longer selfish. It's, it's, it's giving of yourself to, to him. And that is serving God. You know, what, what, what's the whole thing with the temple all about? What are we doing this? All these sacrifices and everything. If it, but it's not, for, it's not for him. No, no, no. It's for us. It's for... What? What is this nonsense? <laughs> it's just... But it, so this is... I Does think... God need flax and a daily supply of... It's his joy. and wheat. I know. God's yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the tagline of the podcast. JTV podcast. Colon, but like, God's that's weird. what a husband and wife relationship is or a friend relationship. You don't have it's to like, understand I, yeah, logically. Yeah. You, you have to rationalize yourself to exactly. understand its value. Exactly. If, if the spouse says, this means a lot to me, if you're here and this thing, exactly. you buy this thing, it means, and I'm like, I don't quite get the appeal of a yeah. Burberry coat, but if it means someone... Yeah. If it, and that's if, what we said at Mount Zion. We will do and we will listen. We'll just yes, 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 yes. Whatever you need, we whatever say, you we need. Say yes How can you say no? How can you say no? If you, you understand that it's if it's our share, yeah. it's what he needs, and you can't say no. Of course, yeah. You can't. Your creator needs you. How can I say no to that? At your service. Salutes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And any sort of hesitation is nonsensical. And then, by the That's way, the when, when you have that, by the way, when you fully absorb that, mm. you can face the world totally and fully embrace it and you will be secure you understand that to be the proper year the proper awe awe and love because if you're needed by god then whatever wherever you go and whatever situation you're in you'll you will feel secure because you'll 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 be so clear about your mission but if it's all for me for me for me well you might think well i think i might just enjoy a bit of temporary pleasure right now even if it means i have to do teshuva or whatever because it's all just about me. It's nothing to do for him. So, you know, and it happens to be once you make a, your worldview about serving God yeah. rather than just collecting reward, think good things tend to come your way. Yeah. I think. I suspect. It's the way you cure any... Not necessarily immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as what happened with Joseph. Sure. You know, things... Playing the long game. He played the long game. But that's the Jewish worldview. We play the long game. Yeah. The first Jewish child is called Yitzchak, meaning he shall laugh in the future. We, we're, we're interested in the last laugh. <laughs> like that. No, it's... Um, someone was talking about this recently. There's another kind of topic you're talking about, but... Uh, sure. Uh, there's another kind of topic you're talking about, but I think the point still resonates. And how, how do you fix an illness? You don't just cure the symptoms. 
because that's like a, a pipe with water bursting out. You just fill it up. You, you have to fix the source. You have to fix the root of the illness. Mm -hmm. in, in problems that we can experience and how maybe perhaps we're missing the boat in our practice of Yiddishkeit, in Judaism, maybe it's not about going in different avenues of they do too much of this, not enough of that. They do too much of that. But if, if we really, really absorbed, to use your words, that purpose and that point and that, that relationship, if we, if we really came from that point of view, then all these sort of small issues would, would, would be fixed. Because we, we'd take that approach and we read it to every single thing that comes through. And it would be sort of... And you could live your different lifestyle, your own unique quirks and, 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 and stresses and emphasis. But it will be done lishma. It'll be It'll authentically. It'll be part of, part of a, a collective symphony <laughs> rather than a is, isol everyone playing their own isolated uh, notes. But it's not part of a collective uh, piece of music. And, and like with an orchestra, when everyone comes together on cue at the right time. Do you know the song beautiful. in uh, um, High School Musical? <laughs> I'm absolutely serious. Together. You know, song we're all in yeah, we're all in this together. together. Look at the lyric. I get, everyone listens to this podcast. Film, by the way. Have a listen to the words. That is, in my view, the Jewish view. It basically says, what, what we're not the same. We, we should play this at the end of the podcast, actually. Listen to the lyrics. by Disney copyright. I don't think so. Well, okay, perhaps, perhaps not then. But the lyrics are, we're not the same. We're different in our own way. Together is where we belong. It sounds cringy, but actually, this is exactly the point. We're all different, and that's fine. Let's embrace our differences. We're all, it's like saying that we're all, I think they say that we're all unique stars. Like we're all, and that's exactly Everyone is it. special in their own way. We yeah. make each other strong. Yeah. We are not the same. Uh, we're different in a good way. Yeah. Together is where we belong. Exactly. That's it. That is Judaism. That's going to be stuck on my head all week. You know, right now. <laughs> That's it. We're all we'll different. The choreography on the street. We're all so different. We're all uniquely needed by God, and therefore we should celebrate our differences together. Yeah, that's it. And that, by the way, solves the whole left and right problem. But we can talk <laughs> about that for an at another time. So we fix everything, basically. <laughs> we fix everything with High School Musical. Last week was Spider Man. This week, High School Musical. What will be next week? What's next? Another property owned by Disney. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today and listening to JTV Podcasts. You can find more podcasts from JTV, including interviews with Rabbi Manus Friedman, Dennis Prager, Rabbi Dr. Kiva Tatz, and many more, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Just search for JTV Podcasts with Oli Hannesfeld. Don't forget to subscribe on the JTV YouTube channel for hundreds of videos on Jewish philosophy, Israel, Jewish wisdom, and much, much more. Please consider supporting us so we can continue to grow. Just visit paypal.me forward slash JTV channel. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.